Good evening, everybody. It's Tracy and Mike here with the Lincoln Law Pod. It's time to break down our case file for Season 2, Episode 6. This episode is titled Withdrawal, and this brings us back from the break. Episode 5, depending on when you were watching, you may have had a few weeks before the second half came back. So... This is the start of the second half, and we were left wondering all about Mickey. His it, He had been beaten up in the parking garage, and he was lying there motionless, so we really didn't know what his status was, how bad really was it. So we, we jump into the episode, finding out what happened there, and then we'll move forward with trying to get back to the case. How long will it take Mickey to get back on the case? with his injuries. This episode was written by Matthew J. Lieberman and directed by Antonio Negret. All right. So the main goal in this episode is they want to continue with pointing the finger at Alex Grant, trying to make him look like a third, another suspect. Is that third party culpability? Third party culpability. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Correct. So, but, but now Mickey's out of commission. So let's find out what happened with him and see how long it's going to take him to get back on his feet. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about uh, who found him in the parking garage and what yes. the status of his injuries? Yes, absolutely. I, I had, I wrote, wrote down a note for myself that the episode starts, starts off murky. And I mean that in a really good way. Okay. I mean, it kind of puts you into the mindset of Mickey where you only hear Izzy muffling or muffled. Right. His name. Yes. And he, he doesn't really hear her clear until she start until she's like right close to him. Yeah. Over him. And she keeps repeating, you know, I'm here. I'm here. I won't leave you. And mm -hmm. it's incredible acting by jazz. Mm -hmm. Cole. I yes. mean, <laughs> so, so she finds him. She calls uh 911 asking for EMTs, paramedics. Sure. Next scene, you see him being rushed into a hospital while a nurse and doctors and EMTs are calling out what all of his various injuries were. And there were a lot of them. There was mm -hmm. uh, bruising to the liver, deformity to the left arm, and his pupils were dilated. So they needed a CT stat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could have been a doctor or a nurse. Anyway, <laughs> the unfortunate thing was them having to push drugs into him, unfortunately. Yeah. And he wasn't in the right place to say you know i'm a recovering addict so please no pain pills or pain drugs yeah. not, well i think there's pain drugs that are non are probably non uh addicted uh, to yeah there there are better choices for a recovering yes. addict yes but they're, yeah but they're, they're, they're yeah they were pushing morphine onto him so and the look on his face when he sees the drugs about to get injected to him and then getting them injected mm -hmm. made me feel bad for him because he sure. spent all this time, you know, getting mm -hmm. back his life back on track. Right. And everything. And as soon as the drugs go into his arm, he conks out. <laughs> he conks out. Yeah, for sure. But Thank after you. after the drugs knock him out, he has a flashback to when he was younger, climbing on some monkey bars, trying to get his mom's attention. Mm-hmm. And his mom is sitting next to someone. I they, I don't think they explained who it is. I don't, I, don't, I didn't pick up who it was. Yeah, no. Yeah, either a grandma or maybe another parent of another mm -hmm. kid around the uh, playground. But 
His mom was telling the other woman that he's just like his father, and no mm. matter what, it's never enough. He was always looking for more. Mm-hmm. And then you see the kid get to the top of the monkey bars, turns around yelling, hey, mom, look at me. And all of a sudden, kid falls off. And just before he hits the ground, Mickey starts coming to. Yeah. And sees Maggie next to the or bedside tape or bedside. I there say. we go. There she is. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Maggie is Maggie and ha- Haley are there telling him what's going on, that the attackers broke his arm, four ribs. And did a number on his liver, which Mickey responds with, "Is that it?" <laughs> <laughs> That's so a little bit, of, little bit of humor with how, yeah. how dramatic. I think it's actually the first bit of humor since the dramatic start, right? So for this episode, I, I mean, it was so. just like I said. I mean, just the the. I mean, it's it ended on that cliffhanger from episode five, where it's like, oh no, you know. I mean, obviously. When I first saw the first episode, I'm like, hey, at least we're going to see this important part of the novel. I remember reading the novel and yeah. reading how badly that Mickey Holler had gotten beaten up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't w- wish ill will on any character. But, I mean, that was a major turning point in the book. Right, right. Then Mickey wants to get going, get the trial back on track, and get Lisa yeah. get Lisa not, not guilty. Right. Verdict. That's right. That yes. That is the goal. So yeah, so he, he makes it. And I, I have to say, I agree completely with that beginning part that you talked about with Izzy. It was, it was very intensive, very emotional. And it was very interesting choices with the audio and everything like, cause he mm-hmm. was not completely cognizant, you know, and, but she's desperately trying to tell him stuff. It was just, it was, it was very effective, I guess. Is yeah. um, So that was great. So he, he is okay. Does have quite a few injuries, has some recovery ahead of him, but he has a sort of a revolving door with visitors coming in regularly. We see Maggie and Haley come, you know, multiple times. They're there for him. Sometimes they're playing Monopoly, there to encourage him that, you know, Haley talks to him about how scared she was, you know, sometimes it's fun, supportive conversations. And sometimes there's some conversations about, you know, just how serious things were and and scary they were. Mm -hmm. Of course, one of the biggest conversations early on is with Izzy when when she comes in and he has already figured out she thinks she knows what happened. And Mickey has already figured out the same thing, which is one of your predictions. Yes, Yes. you predicted. So talk about that a little bit. Go ahead and share. Yes, I was. Well, kind of a surprise, but B, because I never... I mean, like I I think I told you in my prediction segment for before we were doing episode four, I think it was, that we've we'd only seen Ray once during yeah. the full two seasons. We never mm-hmm. seen her in season one. Mm-hmm. And we get a brief glimpse with her with her and Ray about to go or Ray and her Izzy about to go out for dinner. Mm-hmm. So I just had a in- inclination where and I told you I don't see Izzy doing that even for a hundred dance studios you know right Izzy, right Izzy would never betray the trust of, mm-hmm. of mickey and so i told you well who's the next one closest to her and that's ray so yeah. i kind of felt like ray would be the one you know because like izzy was talking earlier in the season that you know she that ray's been saying that the money's been coming for three or four weeks at that point mm-hmm. so yeah so i was i was glad that i correctly guessed that ray was the one responsible for slipping the 
the key to Henry Dollar letting them have access to the contract so he could grab it and set up his sleazy deal. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. And she was the only one who had keys to the Lincoln besides Mickey. She was the only one. And um, we also, we should mention how smart she was to have air tagged the Lincolns. Yes. You know, to be able to, to, to find Mickey. So thank goodness for that smart choice. But yeah, with her and- being the only... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. And, and smarter choice is her kicking Ray out of the house and, and yeah. breaking, with yeah. her. breaking things off. So, so yeah, so they get that out of the way. She's feeling very guilty. He tells her not to, that it's, it's not her fault. He's very understanding about it, but you know, it, it's, it's a tough moment, obviously. She is so loyal. So obviously she's going to feel responsible, you know, but she's not, she's not, mm-hmm. but but, oh, um, absolutely not. It wasn't yeah. her fault. I mean, no, but it, it's just because she brings the Lincoln home. I don't think it was her fault at all. No, 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 it wasn't. So uh, it's it's hard for me to see her putting that on herself. And he tries to tell her not to. That's not your fault. But that's just what she's going to do, I think, for a while. But um, hopefully yeah. as we but move at the same forward. Time, I think any of us could respond that same way. If oh, yeah. We, mm-hmm. If we had the keys to the vehicle, we'd probably feel like crap. I will tell you, this is a little uh, little counseling moment. One thing that's really helped me in my life through some tough times, a counselor once told me that a lot of times when you feel guilty about something, sometimes when you just can't let something go, it's because you actually feel helpless. And that's probably what Izzy felt, just helpless. Like, you know, she couldn't have done anything. She did everything right. And this still happened and trying to put some sense around it. Why? How? Could I have changed anything? Could I have done everything? And so instead of just saying this, I was helpless in the situation, it's easy to put guilt on yourself. So that's that's deep. I like that. It's it's, it's been very helpful to me. Um, So anytime I get a chance to kind of share that out there. Because I think it does explain a lot of times why people have such a hard time letting someone then letting someone tell them it's okay, it's not your fault, you didn't do it, yeah. you know this you're not responsible because when you feel helpless, you you just you're la- you're trying to latch onto something to make sense of it, and it just yeah. doesn't make sense. So there you go. There's your little counseling moment. If There's it's helpful, counseling corner. <laughs> counseling corner. If it's helpful, there you go. <laughs> So, yes, we have that conversation in the hospital. Of course, Lorna and Cisco are showing up, giving him updates on what's going on with his cases. We get a little blast from the past mentioned Tony Walsh, the guy that wanted to was really eager to be his second chair on the Trevor Elliott case, a fellow defense attorney. And um, just you can tell this guy is really fond of Mickey and and Mickey's always been super nice to him. And he helped Mickey out last season with some lab information in the, the Trevor yeah. Elliott case. So but he, he definitely would like to work alongside Mickey. So now it's about, you know, it's a it's a closer step to doing that. He's keeping up with yeah. a lot of his cases while Mickey's out of commission. So that was fun to hear his name brought up. Of course, Lorna's bringing him food from some of his favorite restaurants. So that's uh-huh. nice. And make, making us hungry again. One of my again. restaurants, too. One of my yeah. favorite restaurants, too. Which one? Philippe's? Dips from Philippe's. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I, I think oh. I remember that now that you you enjoy that. So, yeah, they're like you mentioned last episode, they're always making us hungry on this show. Exactly. <laughs> they exactly. a lot of a lot of good food and a lot of good places teach us, to eat. Teach us some uh, law stuff and make us hungry all at once. <laughs> also, another name from last season comes up when Mickey tells Cisco that Detective 
that friends of Detective Langford yes. have been assigned to investigate the garage beating. So he doesn't really expect much from it. You know, he obviously yep. they have had clearly had a falling out, never had a great relationship anyway. It makes you worry that they're not going to really find out what happened. Yep. Well, the other thing that was mentioned in there too was uh, when uh, Mickey was telling. I don't know if you were going to say this, but Mickey was saying that the guys that jumped him were professionals. They didn't touch his mm. nose yep. and left his cojones alone. They weren't trying to kill him, just a message. And Miss Mickey asked Cisco to find out if Alex Grant or Henry Dollar connected somehow. Exactly. And when Mickey brings up the cojones, I was I kind of laughed a little bit because in the novel, uh-huh. he wound up having his left nut twisted. Oh, I do. It's coming back now. Yeah, yeah. Not twisted in the novel. So (laughs) it's a little nod to the book, maybe. Exactly. I think it was either inside humor due to the book, uh, (laughs) due to to what happened to the Mickey Holland character in the book. So So he he fared better in the show. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. He fared better in the show, big time. Yeah. So everyone is kind of thinking that Alex Grant is behind this. That's their, their first thought that somehow he's behind it. And so, yes, he's asked Cisco to to look for any connection there that might help prove what happened. So he is starting to get better, but he's ready to work on the cases, even from the hospital. And Lorna has some news for him. She tells him that Alex Grant has an obsession with finding the fifth in a series of five paintings by his favorite artists. And so Mickey wants to leverage this information to try to serve grant a subpoena you know they haven't been able to find him so far so they got to try to lure him out somehow because they want to get him in there to be you know this straw man that that he mentioned before so they got to draw him out somehow and they come out with uh come up with a fun plan i think it was a fun plan i think it was awesome (laughs) i don't think well we get to see our our pal sam scales again uh sort of the ongoing client of Mickey and also with an unpaid balance to Mickey. So they're going to leverage that with getting Sam's help in putting this ploy together to get Alex to come look supposedly at this fifth painting and, and then surprise him with something else. So if, if you guys recall, you know, Sam is really good with computers but he has a checkered past with creating false donation sites, you know, false charities and collecting the funds. And sure enough, when Cisco and Lorna go to seek him out, he's doing another one of those. I think it's pets for the vets. He's outside. Because even in court, remember last season, didn't he even have another scheme running while he was in court, you know, in court, but yeah, so they pull him off of that job or whatever you want to call it and get him to create a website for like these exclusive type art pieces to get Mm -hmm. folks that are are seeking out these hard to um, find art pieces and have them come for a showing and so forth so he and and they're going to pay off his bat they're going to wipe his balance clean with mickey so he's like he's all for it Mm -hmm. so do you want to talk about how what their setup was yes please okay i loved seeing this play out in these in this episode i thought because we, we got a trailer after the fifth episode that you that you saw alex grant approaching a picture frame you know mm-hmm. i'm like oh that probably won't be until the seventh or eighth episode but uh-huh. no they get right to it 
right in this episode. I loved it because Mickey's still in the hospital, so he's not being a part of the of the con other than having his associates doing it. So you see, we see uh, Alex Grant pulling up in a fancy car. Mm-hmm. Couldn't quite tell what it was, whether it was an Audi or BMW or something like that. They kind of had the front end of the vehicle blacked out a bit. But he he arrives at the gallery and Sam Scales posing as a person named Thomas Carrington receives him by, at, out, out at the car. When they go inside, Lauren and Izzy are dressed up and undercover helping to sell the ruse by offering champagne and... It was and fancy so they, schmancy for yeah, sure. Fancy fancy gallery. <laughs> so they start leading them to the painting, and it's all kind of uh dramatic. You know, you got these light bars that are leading the walk path right up to the picture frame, and and Maggie, or no, it's not Maggie, <laughs> Lorna and Izzy. <laughs> Lorna and Izzy, Lizzie are selling it even more by saying that. The brush strokes are, are yeah. just fantastic, and it's his best work to date, you know. And <laughs> and as soon as uh, Grant pulls up the the curtain or the sheet or whatever, he sees like a drape over it. He, yeah, yeah, he drape. flips this off the drape. Up, yeah, pulls up the drape, and they're tacked to the picture frame as a <laughs> a subpoena to appear in court. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Lorna so gives he, the words. He turns around. Yep. What? Sorry. Lorna gives the words. That's right. He's been served, and they say, "Well, we we got your fingerprints on the glass here, and you've been on camera since you've walked into the gallery." And the, Alex Grant is pissed. He's saying, "Well, this is entrapment." And then Cisco pops through two of those light bar things, saying, "Entrapment only involve or only is entrapment if it's the police doing it." Type of a Elio. Mm-hmm. So Alex Grant storms off in a huff. And as as Mickey, no, sorry, as Mickey's playing the board game with Maggie and Haley, he gets a call from Lorna saying that he'll be, he could expect a a motion to quash from Alex Grant or his lawyer any day now. And so Mickey's like, oh, it worked good to hear that. And then has to talk to Sam. Uh, Lorna puts Sam scales on and Mickey says, okay, now take down the website. And Sam scales tries fighting. It's like, oh, I don't (laughs) believe in the potential here and be <laughs> like i don't care you want your what uh you want your debt wiped out yeah take down the site tonight. yeah <laughs> he's probably thinking this is the best scam to date you know i love yeah, this exactly. one i want to carry on <laughs> so yeah that was kind of funny he shuts him down so um so yeah they and sure enough they do file a motion to to quash the subpoena but before we get into the courtroom about that probably uh we should emphasize that um which i think is super important is that mickey did apologize to lorna for suggesting that it was her fault that the file was missing you know you had shared last week that he was trying to say she was distracted with her wedding and all these things and wasn't doing her best work and she was not an associate was very insulting very hurtful and and she yelled back at him as well yeah well, he also, he also offered her a raise, though, too, in that conversation. That helps the deal a <laughs> little goes, bit. The apology's I owe nice. You an apology, and I owe you a raise. And, and Lorna's, and I, I did love how Lorna said, you know, we both said things that yes. we shouldn't have that night. Yes. You know, because she said the F, F, F U holler. Yeah. Yeah. So they both had said stuff they regretted, you know, or shouldn't have. But then she goes, but about that raise how much are you thinking yeah because <laughs> it's talk more. more because it's going to be more because i brought you this big gift my idea for <laughs> right for right subpoena, and that's she... subpoenaing 
Alex Grant. Yeah. I think that's how you spell say subpoenaing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard thing to say. Um, Legally used terms. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I, I just want to make sure we we emphasize that because I was really mad at Mickey, even though I was I was mad, and then I was worried for him when he got beat up. But I was just so unhappy with him talking to to Lorna that way. So I'm glad there wasn't any ill will between the two of them for for yep. long you know and yes. of course a tragedy like getting beat up like that sort of brings you back down sort of shifts your priorities i'm sure that yep. sort of shifted the focus and all but i'm glad that they also did address that and did apologize so yeah, that's right because she said that he's probably been punished enough yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. why, why attack on why uh, don't kick a holler when he's down or something right <laughs> So, yeah, so he, uh, Mickey, you know, tasked the group with setting up that scenario um, to lure out Alex Grant. Um, he also gave, you know, an assignment to Izzy to carefully um, bag up that cash That's that right. that Ray did receive from Henry Dahl in exchange for accessing the Lincoln and stealing the Lisa Trammell file. So, he, and Mickey said he thinks his fingerprints are still on it, and that will come up a little bit. Uh, later we'll talk about that but yes so she does she follows his instructions and just he just wants her to hold on to it until further notice but you know to be careful about the fingerprints but they do uh mickey you know has since before the motion to to quash the subpoena all that courtroom drama mickey has made it home he has told izzy to be in charge of his pills giving them out he doesn't want to be responsible for that himself and he comes home, Haley's there, and Maggie's there. They're going to stay with him for a while to help him recover. Maggie's even cooked a bunch of lasagna. And it's just, it's fun seeing them as, you know, as a family again. And that's the thing, they'll always be a family, even if they're not together. But yep. it, it's hard not to think, oh, I want them as a family all the time. Or at least that's my perspective. I, you know, I kind of have always been sort of cheering for that. But obviously there are a lot of obstacles to them being together all the time like that but um it was fun and nice to yep. see them there and and supportive of him so you know he is back at home getting some good food not the hospital food and uh plus of course the things lorna brings in oh and we didn't mention that lisa did stop by with some chicken soup when he was in the oh, hospital right. yeah she made a visit she even kind of suggests that you know she stopped by one time and saw maggie there so she didn't come in you know and he said oh it would have been fine but you know she's like no i just you know waited till time that you know i didn't want to interrupt or whatever but yeah she's she she made her visit as well with the the chicken soup so he's back at home working on the case ready to go into court with for this uh motion to quash the subpoena and his challenges and, and we've seen him talking this through kind of with lorna sort of in some flashback, flash forward scenes about what the, the plan is, you know, they ultimately want to get Alex Grant to trial and to testify. So if they, uh, if the motion goes through to quash the subpoena, then that will not happen. If he were to, if they were try to get him talking and he get nervous and plea the fifth, then that would not help either because then they couldn't have him come to trial. So it's just kind of this balance of, of what they're going to do. And so, so yes, they are in the courtroom for the motion to quash the subpoena subpoena judge Medina is overseeing everything. Andrea is there on her side with the prosecution and Mickey there 
for the defense. And Mickey does interview Grant on the stand. And again, he tries to kind of uh, build up his ego and, and, and sort of emphasize the fact that Alex Grant has been very successful and has even has a bid out to, to do construction for housing for the Olympics. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to Alex Grant and, and, and most folks, he has asked Lorna to offer an exclusive to the media to get them there. So we've got all the cameras there and everything. Yep. And so clearly Alex Grant can see that. Mickey brings up the email from Milcho Bondurant that kind of suggests that he's trying to threaten him with revealing suspicious activity is, is the terminology. He's claiming that Alex Grant's company did not do complete work. He wants refunds. And if he doesn't cooperate, he has to tell the lenders who then have to report any suspicious activity to the feds. And of course, he doesn't specify that suspicious activity, but it sounds fishy. Right. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So he's got all these cameras there. He's asking about this. They want to take a break. Um, Grant's lawyer doesn't want him to risk saying anything that would incriminate him. So they take a break. He's trying to get him to invoke the Fifth Amendment. But yes, that could keep him from talking or saying anything incriminating, but it also makes him look guilty. Yep. So, and with all that press there, he doesn't want to risk that because he doesn't want to put this Olympic bid and you know probably other projects at risk. So he's kind of, you know, in a corner there. Which way is it going to go? Well, court comes back into session and Grant's attorney says that they will be dropping the motion. And you can, I don't even know if he's, does he say against the advice of counsel? If he doesn't yeah, say that, you can say that. I think he said against advice from counsel, we're dropping the motion to quash. Yeah. <laughs> And even if he hadn't said that, you could see it on his face. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so that works out well for Mickey. He still ha has been served. He's still going to have to show up at trial and testify. Now, Judge Mich Medina calls the defense and the prosecution into her chambers. And she says, okay, this is interesting, but you better hurry up and show the relevance of how Grant is connected to Bondurant's case. Like he's raised all these suspicions, but he hasn't really made the connection strongly enough. And yep. he says he will. He assures her that he will prove, you know, the the actual relevance of having him testify. So that is a win, I'd say, for Mickey's team in this episode. He has some more success when he approaches Henry Dahl with the cash. Yep. And tells him that, yeah, we know your fingerprints are are, are all over this. We know what happened, and we know about a connection between Henry Dahl and Alex Grant. So that's what he has tasked Cisco with looking for. Do you want to talk a little bit about what Cisco found? Yeah, he found a, uh, was it called, an S Corp under Alex Grant for a... A media corporation or something. Media corporation, yes. And it was... Headed up by a guy by a guy with the last name of Weber, who has been mm -hmm. connected or connect or is he under under Alex? He's Grant? an investor, an investor in Henry's podcast. So there's a tie in there. Yeah. To Henry Dahl's podcast and the one that was called Skid Romance, I think. Oh, I didn't a, even remember that. <laughs> take off of Skid Row. So. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and Mick and Mickey, it's like it, it's like you see it in his face because earlier this season. 
he's telling Lisa to have Henry Dahl change the name of the podcast when and if he can actually air it because it yeah. was god awful, he says. Yeah, so you just see horrible face name. Like, it's like Skid Rome. What the hell? You yeah, know? he it's keeps like, emphasizing the bad names. Yeah. Yep. So, but then, uh, so, uh, yeah, so Cisco found that connection, mm-hmm. which was awesome of Cisco because you know that's the one main one main thing he had to do for that part of the. Mm-hmm. Or for his part, I should say. Yeah. So he draws out information from Henry. First of all, he hasn't actually had the money checked for fingerprints. You know, he's played that, you know, bluff. I mean, it it is true because Henry, you know, agrees, confesses, you know, that he does not try to deny that his fingerprints are on it. But so he hasn't actually done that. But he also... By doing so, he gets Henry when he shares this connection between David Weber and Grant's companies and then being an investor for Henry's podcast. Henry confesses that he did the way he was able to pay the bail bond money for Lisa was via David Weber. So he didn't really have the $200,000 to pay for the bail bond. And so he gets him to confess that Weber provided that. But Henry says, but that's where it ends. He's like, I don't know anything about anything about you getting beat up in a garage, you know, because Mickey yep. tries to take it full circle. But he sort of Henry draws the line there. You know, I was not part, a part of anything about yeah, that. What he says is he doesn't do violence. Yeah, doesn't Henry do does. violence. That's right. But of course, Mickey's effort is to make this insinuation that Grant has been using Henry the whole time to get information on Lisa's case, like as a source. So again, he's planting this idea that um, Grant is getting information through Henry. There is this connection and he's using that to sabotage Lisa's case and to divert attention away from him. Again, they're trying to yep. paint him as this, this suspect. They're trying <laughs> to paint him as a suspect, but Alex is doing everything he can to divert attention away from himself. Part of which is being getting information from Henry supposedly to to divert attention away from him but at any rate this allows mickey to get henry under his thumb basically he's got leverage over him now and that's the big thing about mickey i say all the time is leverage he finds ways to get leverage so he has used this connection that cisco found to not only draw out some confessions he's used it to insinuate some additional things and create leverage and fear within Henry. So he can use that on him at his will when he needs to. And of course, Lisa says, tells Mickey that she knew nothing about the source of the bail bond money. You know, of course, mm-hmm. of course she's innocent. You got to trust me, Mickey, right? You got to trust yep. me, Mickey. <laughs> Playing the victim card again, victim yeah. card again. <laughs> so she, you know, she says she has nothing to do with that. No knowledge of this. So, so Mickey has managed to get the motion to quash the subpoena dismissed. He's managed to get Henry under his thumb. He's going home feeling good back at the house. Maggie's there. They're reminiscing on the deck. It's just some nice moments. And we've talked about this multiple times in the podcast. They just have this great chemistry and flirtation and they do have a lot of history. So they do have these shared memories and it's sometimes it's flirtatious. Sometimes it's just really sweet and romantic, but one thing leads to another, and they end up sleeping together that night. And if you're concerned about where Haley is, apparently she has gone to bed, maybe on the other side of the house. So, 
hopefully on the other side of the house. Yeah, hopefully on the other side of the house. So, Never want to walk in on or hear your parents having uh, relations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but they have this very uh, intimate night together and they wake up the next morning. Mickey's just, he's feeling charged. You can see it. You know, he's just excited and happy. Mm-hmm. His heart feels full, you know, and he wants to take the family out for breakfast. They can get pancakes. And he's he's mentioning this to Maggie, but he turns around and he sees some suitcases there sitting beside her. And just the, it, I would say the blood drains from his face, but his expression just changes dramatically. You know, mm-hmm. what's, what's going on? Where are you going? What just happened here? Do you want to talk a little bit about her new situation and what she shares with Mickey? Yes. Uh, first, I just want to, Say that if this was a musical, this uh-huh. I, mean, I know there's music in this show, but if this was a musical, the way he got out of bed, you'd be hearing the music like "Luck Be a Lady Tonight" type of yeah. thing, like, yeah. playing in the background. Yeah, and he was walking out to the kitchen, and it's like, oh, let's go get some pancakes, and all of a sudden you hear the record scratch when you hear when he sees that suitcase <laughs> on the ground. Yes, that's now, a very good visual. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to give that get that out for the for the listeners because that's what I kind of saw in my head. I'm like, yeah. yeah, he's happy, he's singing. And but when I saw even Maggie sitting on the couch when Just, he's walking out, yeah, the way she the was bedroom. sitting there looking, yeah. yes, it's like she was either waiting for Haley to wake up or waiting for him to wake up or something was know, up. So I could, something was up i could tell it from the way she was just kind of sitting, you know, kind of ramrod straight in the couch. Yeah, very serious. But uh, she tells Mickey that she's been offered uh, a a spot in the San Diego DA's office as the head of major crimes. Haley would still be able to go to the same school that uh, that uh, Maggie could commute. That uh, Mickey would still be able to see Haley as often as he does already. That she was going to go down and kind of get settled, get situated, but and Haley could stay with Mickey until he was back on his feet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like I said, that record scratch and the rug being pulled out from from Mickey there, and he, I mean, you can you see it in his face. He's like, last night was was wonderful, you know, and yeah, and she goes, yes, it is, until it isn't, you yeah. know, and, and it's always it, there's always that, not really tension, but there's always something between them, whether it's their jobs, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They, they can never, like I think she said in the last season, they can never just leave their jobs at the office. They always brought their work home with them. And she points out so, here, doesn't she, that um, she doesn't always agree with his tactics. You know, exactly. she struggles with that, you know. Um, and also she was saying the line was, uh, was it uh, she had to short circuit the relationship, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was saying, and and even Mickey tries pulling that one last card. You know, well, what what would Haley say if she yeah if she finds out about this? And Maggie's like, she already knows. You know, yeah. And it's like, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, at first, I thought there was hope when Mickey when M- Mickey asked that question, and oh yeah, yeah. I felt kind of stabbed in the heart. It just, oh, it was painful to watch. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. It was. But not... you, I, I will say though. I could see both sides. I could see where she's coming from, but yes. I felt his pain as well. It was just very intense. Um, well, you very feel emotional. The pain for both of the characters. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they like I said, uh, we're talking about when Maggie went to the office after Holler pulled the stunt with trying to get Andrea off the case. Yeah, you know that that whole episode. It was 
two wonderful, incredible moments at the at the at the stables and at the food trucks and right. at Echo Park at night, romantic, flirty. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she storms into his office after that Andrea Freeman thing. And it's like, how dare you? And then right. she discovers that he was sleeping with his client. And he's like, she's not my client. We slept before. No. But just anyway, like she so said, it's like, it's, it's wonderful like until it isn't. Yeah, just it's wonderful till it isn't. And yeah, this this is kind of you just kind of broke your heart in two for the character. Yeah. Yeah. For both of them. You're right. For You're both right. Both of them. So yeah, so she she leaves and uh he sort of how would you describe did you think he's trying to kind of reinvent himself? A little bit. He gets his dad's class ring, law school class ring. He tells he's driving down Sunset Boulevard. He calls Izzy and tells her that just to get rid of the pills, he's not even going to take them anymore. And yeah. um, she's like, cold, yeah. going cold turkey. And he's like, no, I just, I just don't need him anymore. He's got this really, this aura of confidence, you know, yep. more than I, I think. We forgot to mention where, where uh, that Haley found the box that contained that law school class. Oh, yeah, that was in this episode. Yeah, yeah. So she, she discovered this box of Mickey's dad stuff and inside mm -hmm. was the class ring. And he even said, it's not really my style. Yeah. But then, like but then you he said, decides he's trying to, to reinvent himself. He's putting mm -hmm. it on. He's got the convertible, driving around. And the, I can't remember what the song was playing. I forgot to write down this song, but it was kind of like, upbeats it know, was so. it was we'll have to look it was a good song choice yeah, yeah. but yeah he's dropping the pills he's just like i don't need them i got it you know yeah. and and so part of me is is feeling like okay he's trying to take care of himself he's trying to refocus but it also also still makes it kind of painful because it's like he you feel like he's trying to cover up his pain yes you know? yeah. so but i was also trying to figure out how much time it elapsed because he said he got the cast off the day before. So, how much right. time forward did we jump forward a week or two? That's or a good point. Long? Yeah, we don't know and exactly. Maybe it's, maybe it's a good question for Ted Humphrey later on. Oh I yeah, find, I, I did find the song. It's called "Back on the Road Again." Oh, back, yeah, and he's driving. Yeah, it's it's, it's well, a good, it's a road, good scene. You know, but like I said, that one question I had was how much time has passed. You That's know, a he, good he question. Passed on his arm. One scene, the next gone. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so but we don't the, know. Yeah, but then the funny part of the of the, yeah. of the end for here is he pulls up to the to a stoplight and looks over to his right and sees his billboard sign, and there or a bus a, bench, a bus, a bus bench, bench yeah, a bus bench sign for him for his <laughs> practice, and on the on the sign is a penis painted on his face, on his face, <laughs> and then exactly. he looks forward. And says effing Kyle, and yep. it's a it's a throwback to which to Angelica's um, Angelica. Friend. That was episode uh, uh, three, four. Oh boy, you got me now. I think it was episode four. I think it was four. I think it yeah. was four. So but I think yeah. that was the first. I think that was my first official podcasting with you, or shortly thereafter. All right. So, so yeah, it was episode four. So yeah, it was the throwback to that. You know, so. 
Angelica was going to, when she talked to Mickey and said, do those, do those bus ads and bench ads really help? And he's like, yeah, you know, they're good. And she's like, oh, well, I'll tell my friend Kyle to stop painting dicks on your face. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I guess she hadn't told him yet, or that was one that had already happened. And he notices that and he, and that just kind of shows his, you know, this confidence level too. Like, huh, it's funny. I'm not gonna let that bother me. You know, oh, yep. Kyle, you know. Yeah. Effie and Kyle. Yeah, whatever. Effie and Holler, you know, so. <laughs> But so yeah, I agree with you on that because, like you said, it's it was like a reinvention of himself, and mm-hmm. like I said, I hope I like you said that was a fairly good question with how much time has actually passed by. But we'll yeah, we'll maybe it's a future question for Ted Humphrey or we do have Ted at the end of this podcast to uh, give us some scoop and some of the inside track on episode six. So you can oh, look forward awesome. to that at the end. We kind of did the first half with Daylin and then the second half of episodes with some interviews with Ted. So you'll definitely be able to enjoy that in just a few minutes. But I have a game. Unless right. you have unless you have any other questions or things you want to explore about the episode. No, I think I asked the questions that I wanted to. Okay. Like I said, they're curious about the time frame. Uh and then, you know, my little gloating thing where I'm like, yay, I was right. Ray yeah. was the <laughs> That's definitely, you definitely needed to celebrate that. That's a good moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't go into it thinking her. So you're, you're good. I get, I'm telling you, you guys, you've probably heard throughout the podcast, especially with Mike and me, he tends to be more astute with analyzing the episode. Like I will try to understand the content. I'm very, very focused on that, making sure I understand the legal aspects, what's happening, the different leverages. But as far as things that just sort of sneak up on you or figure resolving who gave the file to, to Henry Dahl. And I just, I, I just get so caught up in the emotion and the drama of the series that I'm not checking for all those things along the way. So they, I'm, I'm a, I'm a good candidate for them. They get me on those um, surprises. So I'm, I'm not the best at, at making predictions for sure. Cause I'm focused on other things. <laughs> and I'm just gonna do full disclosure. Sometimes I get lucky. Other yeah, times, well, that not does, so much. <laughs> yeah, that does happen for everybody. That you're you're very humble, very humble, Mike. All right. Well, I have played this game, not with. I have done this game with Jay, so it might sound familiar to you if you listened to the episode where we did this game. I have eight words, and they're all court legal related terms and you will have eight seconds i think we did eight seconds to come up with another legal world word that begins with the same letter so say we did jury you could say judge Ah, okay okay so it's it's it's, i'll give you about i would say about eight seconds we'll try that to see um, how well you do. And I'm trying to remember how well Jay did. I think it might've been like 66.666%, you know, like two thirds of it. Yeah, that he got five, right. eight, so, five out of eight, maybe something like that. Maybe it was five out of eight. Maybe, maybe. I can't remember because. Uh, well, you, you've I, got a better memory. Well, I, 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 because I, I, I think I reached out to you saying that I love the games you've been playing with. Jay. Yeah. It was the, the quotation game where you had game, two yeah. quotes mm-hmm. and you had to pick out who said it and which came first. Yeah, and then I don't think I maybe I heard this game too. I just can't remember off the top of my head. So yeah, well, let's go for yeah. it. Well, let's get going. Number one, 
compel, as in compel discovery? Uh, challenges, as in Good. challenging a juror. Nice. There you go. Number two, sustained. Sorry? Oi, <laughs> an S word. I'll Oy. give you a couple more oh. seconds. I will give you a hint. There, there, a couple of them were in this episode. Subpoena. There you go. I'm going to give you half. I'm okay. give you half for that because it was over the time. All right. Number three, lawsuit. Lawsuit. Um, ba -da -ba 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 -ba. Lawyer. Very good. Okay. Number four, petition. Perjury. Nice. Number five, tort. Tort. Testimony. Perfect. Wow, you are just acing this. Number six, rebuttal. Oh, it popped in my head and then it popped right out again. <laughs> um, reserved, like reserve the right to recall a recall recall witness. Okay, okay, that was right on the buzzer. I'm going to give it to you. Oh. Number seven, warrant. Witness. Nice. Number eight, impeachment evidence. Impartial. Yeah. Like impartial jury. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's good. Yeah, yeah. All right. You got seven and a half out of eight. That is, that's like the best score we've gotten on a game and on the Yay. Lincoln Law Pod. Woo, setting the bar. Now, just for fun, I did have a bonus one. In case we had two people playing tonight. Um, well, we could. My wife's right here. <laughs> okay, well, let's do it. If Angie's up for it, let's do it. You up for it, babe? Sure. Because <laughs> okay. I would have beat him. She, she said she would have beat me anyways. So. She would have been faster. <laughs> okay. Bonus. Voir dire. Oh, for Verdict. Oh, yes! <laughs> Angie, nice. Very good. Very She's quicker good. than I am. You are quick. That is <laughs> impressive. I like when Angie participates. Very cool. Well, that was a fun game. You did well on your own, but then, man, if you get your wife involved, you're aces. Well, at least so. I wasn't hearing her answers. I hope she was probably doing them in her head this time. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't hear Let's anything. Put it this way. I, I beat him on all of them, but I watch a lot of crime dramas. Ah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you got some some good uh, good history to pull from. Law and order. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Those two, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was right. a fun game. That I was fun. That. that was fun. And Jay and I had decided that it would be a fun one to play with against somebody. Like if you had it first, you would just shout out your name, Mike, and I would, and you would get the chance to give the answer first. Um, um, like we don't have really, like buzzers, you know, that are going to. Our names are our buzzers. <laughs> yeah, your names are your buzzers. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our portion, and we have Ted up next. So definitely enjoy that. So we are into the second half, folks. Second half of season two of The Lincoln Lawyer. Up next will be our discussion of episode seven. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it was a I fun can't night. wait for that. <laughs> it was a, fun, a fun night. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hey. Hi. So, first of all, with withdrawal episode, well, just first of all, the second half in general, it 
was great pacing. It was so many developments just sort of on fire. Did you guys have any intention going into the planning that the second half would maybe move faster or did it just work out that way? I think in the back of your, in the back of your mind is always the intention that the pace should accelerate, right? That like you're, we're making, we're making a thriller, what amounts to a thriller, a legal thriller. Mm -hmm. And it's always the case that the pace should accelerate. There's a great book called Monster that okay. is by John Gregory Dunn. That's about the Hollywood studio system. It was written by John Gregory Dunn about he and his wife, Jim Didion, writing uh, the movie Up Close and Personal in like 1996. Mm -hmm. But in the course of the book, he, he talks about they met with the director, Rennie Harlan, who did, well, he did Cutthroat Island famously, but he did a bunch of like big action movies. Okay. And he said that Rennie Harlan described like a thriller as first act, some whammies. Okay. Second, whammies add up. Third act, all whammies. All whammies. Okay. I love Rennie it. Harlan from the Netherlands and English is not his first language. Yeah. But so, like there's something to that with a thriller, right? Things yeah. should suck. You start out somewhat slowly, suck people in and then boom, 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 boom. Right? Right. That said... No, it wasn't a it wasn't a conscious decision to like let's let's pour on the gasoline here or whatever. It's just where the story took us. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's just that's interesting. All in all, because as viewers, we we feel it, we enjoy it. It feels just right. But we're like, you know, what's on the other side of, of going in into this? So that that that's very helpful. Right. Loved all the callbacks. Of course, we get some Sam Scales. We get a mention to Tony Walsh, and and we've talked a lot about this before. Having these recurring characters come back. Do the writers for each episode kind of have a list to draw from and they might choose which of these characters to use or are they given some direction about we want Sam involved here? Or... Well, we, we break all the episodes together in the writer's room. Okay. So the, 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 the coming up with the story of the episode is very much a communal thing. Mm -hmm. between all the different writers on the staff led by me and Dalen. And, um, and then, you know, the, what, so when the writer goes off to write the episode, whether it's one of the writers on the staff or whether it's me or Dalen, we, we have a, you know, we've worked that story out kind of in a group fashion mm -hmm. and the idea that we're going to bring Sam scales in or whatever has all been part of that process. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It might might be anybody's idea to throw that person in that episode like I'd, I'd have a hard time at this point recalling whose idea it was to put sam scales in a particular okay. episode mm -hmm. sure. mind, but whatever you know yeah okay okay awesome that that well that whole scene that whole section of the story was so much fun did you guys have fun breaking that story out and, and talking about how it go that how they pulled the ruse over on Alex Grant with the painting and all it, it played just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. It, uh, I mean, first of all, that stuff is a real love of mine and so, and, and the kind of thing I've done for a long time. I mean, I, I started as a feature writer and then moved to television, but I've written like heist movies and, and heist episodes of TV shows and things mm -hmm. like that. That kind of thing is really right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm something that I that comes naturally to me and that I really enjoy and then furthermore that particular the idea of that is in the book okay but it's they don't go into a great deal of detail about it in the book it's kind of mentioned like this is what we did okay and it's 
and it's sort of fun, but it, you know, mm -hmm. it might by one page of the book or something. So we decided to build, build it up. Yeah. Yeah. To build it out. And it, it's an inherently cinematic device. Right. So we decided yeah. to build it. Yeah. For sure. For kind sure. of in my way that, that the, in season one, the jury selection in the book is a chapter, like a relatively short, I don't know, five or six or seven page chapter in the book that when I read it, I said, oh, that's a great episode. We could build a whole episode around those seven pages, you know, so it's yeah. kind of back. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, I've listened, I do a lot of Audible, so I listen to the book, but it's been a while and I specifically chose not to go back. I just didn't want any kind of spoilers, you know, that, that, that I might be able to avoid right. otherwise. So, um, yeah. That, that was really cool. So at the end of the episode, we have, oh, go ahead. I don't think in the book, in the book, I don't believe Sam Scales was a part of that in the book. Okay. Entirely Mickey's doing, but we, it was our idea to combine that with Sam Scales. With and Sam Scales. Yeah. Back to that character. And that, that character gets called back in the books many times. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, towards at the end of the episode, you know, we've got this sad part. We, we think there might be this reconciliation with Mickey and Maggie. And then he comes in the next morning and sees the luggage. I guess the viewer can kind of decide for themselves what they think may have been her intentions. But I'm, I'm curious if you can share it all, if this was definitely her plan all along, or if their reconnection could have possibly changed her mind. I think it could have possibly changed her mind yeah. uh, because anything's possible, but I think it, yeah. I think instead it confirmed for her what she already okay. knew. Yeah. And that's how uh, she talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. She's the stronger in some ways of the two characters, right? Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. that decision. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That was very powerful. That, that, that whole, that whole process and, and just that exchange, that verbal exchange at the end, like the Manuel played that, well, they both played it so well, but you just really felt heartbroken for him. You know, he's almost like a kid sometimes, like he just gets all excited. Everything's good again, you know, and then, you know, it's just, it's not really. So he, he really, Manuel really, um, he, he has, he does have kind of a puppy dog quality that yeah. really well to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I did enjoy that drive down sunset at the end. You know, it feels a little bit like he's, trying to guard himself, you know, he puts on the ring, having the confidence, dropping the pills. It, it, I mean, that definitely to me felt like partially a reaction to what happened. Like, this is how I'm going to go on. I'm going to turn up the confidence, but um, it is always fun to see him driving the convertible down sunset. So. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs>